listening to Say It Southern, aspiring to live not just as moms, but as modern Southern women, we began this project to hear from those who inspire us and recognize those who are achieving their own personal goals. Listen in as we celebrate the South and those who say it Southern. Today, we are having a conversation that women rarely have. Maybe it's lack of knowledge, perhaps because it's uncomfortable, or maybe even just how we were raised. Today, we are talking about money, and we have Lauren Pearson from Birmingham, Alabama, here to help us navigate our personal finances with her new business, The Wealth Edit. Join us now as we say it Southern. Today, we are speaking with Lauren Pearson. Lauren is one half of The Wealth Edit, which is out of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Lauren, just tell us a little bit about what The Wealth Edit is. Yeah. So it really is a place for smart women, smart Southern women to talk about wealth in a private environment. That is, that's why we created it, because we realized that wealth is private. Um, but there still really isn't a place where you can talk to other women or, you know, really understand for yourself on your own terms, maybe what your trajectory looks like from a wealth standpoint. Lauren, you're a financial advisor. Is that right? I am. Yes. So do you feel like you see more men come in or more women come in? Definitely more men. Now that's changing. Um, I'd say that the two groups of people that I see the most are older men who hire me because I'm a woman and they want, they know that they're going to die first. And so they are like, will you help my wife get excited about this? Cause I'm a woman, which <laughs> that doesn't always work. Um, it, rarely it does, which is part of why I created the wealth edit. Um, and then younger women that work outside the home. So I'd say that those are the two groups of people that I see the most. Um, it's a fairly self-selective business. So, um, you know, someone that would want a female advisor is more than likely female or has some reason to, to want that. So, well, you just mentioned the difference in the older women, not really wanting to get involved and be a part of it versus the younger women who are out working Mm -hmm. and reaching out to you. Why do you think there's such a difference there? I don't know. I think that it is just part of how we're raised in the South. Um, I remember, so we moved from, I started my practice in Beaufort, South Carolina, and then my husband, he's a minister, and that's what moved us to Birmingham, where we'll live, um, Lord willing, forever. But what is interesting is in Beaufort, you get a lot of transplants from the Northeast. And so it was mainly women that worked in my office. So when I moved to to Birmingham, I was with a larger wealth management firm. Now I run my own shop, but um, I looked around and there were no female advisors. And I was thinking, this is going to be awesome. I'll just work with all the women, you know, like I just felt like I saw it as like this huge opportunity until I got about 50 conversations in and realized that like, you know, it's just, there's some, some things in the South that are, they're pretty um, deeply ingrained and women just don't always want to talk about it. And that's okay. I mean, culturally it's seen still somewhat, I think is like, oh, you have to work outside the home, you know? And, and I think that that is interesting. Um, and I think it's, it's, nice, whatever. We have clients that are work outside the home, work inside the home. I'm, I'm grateful for those that have a choice. Um, but I think that that's still, you know, there's a little bit of that, that cultural stuff going on there, um, where it's seen as, you know, taboo to talk about wealth, tacky to talk about wealth for sure. It is. And it's funny. You just said something that I, that I jotted down because it's the, 
thought about having to work. Oh, you have to work versus no, I'm choosing to work. Right. And some people do have to work, you know, and then some people do choose to work. But I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of things because we don't talk about money in the South that we just don't know all the time, you know, like does someone have to work? Are they super passionate about it? And that's why they're doing it. Um, and just having those, those conversations. Well, and the want and the desire to work, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of women, I mean, I have a lot of friends that are like, I could not dream of being at home every day, you Mm -hmm. know? And, um, and then, you know, there's a lot of, of us, too, that are like, I do work. I work at home. <laughs> it's a full-time job. I think working inside the home is, is a very, very tough calling. I mean, I, you know, just being at home, we're, we're all forced to work inside the home right now, whether you want to or not, because of COVID. Um, and I just, I feel like there, um, I have such respect for women that she's to work inside the home, too. It's, my mom had to. We, I have a special needs brother, and she... She worked inside the home. So let me tell you what I did not like about working at home. I now have a full time job, but I've stayed home kind of on and off having my three girls. And what I don't like about being at home is that I feel like, and maybe this is a Southern thing too, I don't know, but I feel like I lose control of finding, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't have really my own money. Even though, right. like, he's willing to give me money, I just still feel some sort of guilt. Oh, I do too. Like, it's not my money. Me too. I don't and know. It's just like a weird, like, it's, I have no control over anything. It's all him. Do you think that's like a cultural thing or is that just women and or just the situation being at home? Yeah, I think that that happens. I think that sometimes, um, it, sometimes it's spoken, sometimes it's unspoken and we write about this in the wealth edit, but you know, it's kind of keeping that, that equality in, in the home, um, whether you decide to work inside the home or outside the home, it, it's hard. I mean, it's hard, especially if you don't have some pretty strong communication with your spouse about what it's going to look like. Um, it's always important for women to know what's happening with the finances, even if they're not managing it, just to kind of understand what you have and know what you have. And um, we have some good talking points about how to do that. That's what I was okay. going to ask about how much, I mean, do you feel like that that finances in the home, it's almost like you have to have a psychology degree along with your finance degree because <laughs> you're like, look, you're honey. Y'all need to be having these healthy conversations, <laughs> but um, that that is a great question. Like, what should what should we know? What should a couple know about? Should they know each other's finances? Do you? How do you feel about separate checking accounts? What? How do you walk us through some of that stuff? Yeah, so that's what's interesting. That's very very. It seems to be very personal with people, and I get an yes. insight at through my. You know, the wealth that it is is our. Um, it's, it's our outside business activity for lack of a better term. Cause our, our primary business is working with primary family, pri- you know, primarily working with private families and managing their wealth. So everybody has a different thought on that. So in other words, I have some women that are like, this is my money and that's our money, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's some of that going on. There's some people that just decide to blend everything um, whether it's your money or our money or his money, whatever it might be. And every, again, if you get into families where it's like, you know, second marriages and things like that, inheritance co- co- comes into that sometimes. There's just so many different factors at play. But I think it's important for women specifically because we 90 percent of us will end up as the financial head of household at some point, whether you like to or not, whether it's you're caring for your parents finances and you don't even think about doing that right now. Um, 
your finance, your early widowed, divorce, whatever it might be. There's all these things that can happen. So it's important for you to understand it. Um, you don't have to be the financial, the CFO of your family. So the chief financial officer of your family, you don't have to do that, but it's understanding or at least having a base awareness of what you have is, is important. So what women should know is what kinds of accounts you have and who, how those are titled. That's another thing that, that we don't talk about a lot, but like whose name is it in anyway? So your checking account, is it joint? Is it in your name? Is it in your husband's name? And I have a spreadsheet on the wealth edit that we give to people that it's, it just kind of lays out account by account. And you see the statements come in the mail or you can, you can just start that dialogue. If you're, um, if you're a married couple, just say, Hey, I want to learn. I want to learn about this. I'm not trying to get in the business. I just want to understand how are these things titled, which what's in your name, what's in my name, what's in our names. Um, retirement accounts can only be in one name, so don't get offended if he's got a big 401k and your name's not on it because it um, it can't be. It, there's a single name account, um, but. It, you know, you should be the beneficiary. So that's the second thing is who, who is it going to go to if something untimely happens to you? So just kind of know how, who that is and then check those things. We recommend with our clients, we check them every three to five years just to make sure nothing's changed. Um, life insurance policies is another place to check because people usually have some life insurance policies. Know how much that you're insured for, know who those policies are going to and um, so yeah, so they, they just have that conversation about what you have and where it's held and whose name is it in. And so all of this you were mentioning, you can get this on the wealth edit. So you subscribe. This is a subscription, right? It's a subscription. And the way that we have it set up is one what I learned in my 13 years of dealing with these different families and planning thousands of different plans, really, is that not all women are the same. We already know that. We know that some women work outside the home, some work inside the home, some are philanthropically minded, some, you know, have ha- had to deal with some pretty heavy stuff at an early age. And so you and I might look the same. We might be great friends, but our, our glide paths, which is what we call them, are different. So um, that's what we've really tried to, to achieve through the Wealth Edit, because what I realized is if financial services um, acknowledges women at all, they put us all in one bucket. So they tell us like, Oh, look, we're going to change this website to pink and reference you in some way. And we hope that you love it when really they're just tying a system that's been built for men by men up in a pink bow and hoping that we love it. That's not really how it works. The things that make women tick are different than men. And so while the financial services industry was, was set up for men and they're, you know, I'm not knocking it. I'm part of it. Um, I think that there's different issues that women really care about. And so one thing that we see in our practice is let's say a woman comes in and she wants to invest and, you know, we can't, we only take a small group of families in our, in our regular practice, because we just want to, that's really all any advisor should take in my opinion. So we can't serve everybody, um, through Somerset, but through what we've realized is there's a big gap between, when a woman, when a woman has some money and when she feels comfortable investing. Um, and that's, that's the area, all those things that make you comfortable, knowledgeable. We, we need to hover there before we get to the investment piece. Sometimes some women come in and they say, Hey, we're, I'm ready to invest. Just 
show me what to do or tell me what to do and we do it. Um, and there's some really great services for that. We love Elvest, Sally Project's company. It's awesome um, just for investing. But the wealth that is really to hover and help you understand, gain knowledge, talk to other women privately who are on your same glide path about some of the things that you're going to hit in your financial trajectory. Um, like I said, Emily, who is my um, co-founder, she's awesome. She is a young widow. So even though we look a lot alike, we're great friends. I'm in a dual income family. She is in a single income family. Um, she's dealing with things that I'm not dealing with. I'm dealing things, with things that she's not dealing with. So we're kind of, we're trying to say women are half the population. We're not a niche. So that's what we're trying to solve through the wealth edit. Yeah, girl. Well, that's love what that. I, I loved about the wealth edit is the, the glide pass. So let's go back to that. Cause Courtney and I both took the quiz. So when you, Yes. You don't even have to sign up yet. You can find out what your glide path is, right? Without the subscription. That's right. You can just find out kind of more about your glide path or personality. We also felt, found what our Enneagram number was recently. So we're, we're all about quizzes <laughs> these days. Oh, I like that. What, what Enneagram are y'all? Uh, well, I'm a one, wing two. I don't remember what. You're seven. Seven. Yeah, seven. Yeah. I'm an eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you can take the quiz and just see what you are. We, um, it's on our website. It's the first thing that you do. So and then once we, once you know, we kind of have some descriptive words over what, what your path might look like. And then if you decide to, to become a member of the Wealth Edit, then you get just a ton of curated content um, and some special membership benefits you know, that we can talk about later if you want. It didn't seem that expensive. Can you tell us? It was oh, a, it's no, a one-time like, price, right? Yeah, it's $20 a month right now um, for found, we're doing this like leading lady because we really want some women, the way that we're envisioning this is that it is actually a community. So right now as we're building, because we just launched last month, um, we're trying to find the women that are super committed to this as an idea and basically give them this locked in in perpetuity pricing for as long as they're members of the Wealth Edit, which is $20 a month. And I'll give you the code after. Um, and then once we get to a certain amount of members, we're going to close it off and then just have those ladies invite people to become members of the Wealth Edit because we want women talking about money. So mm -hmm. this, you know, that's, it's kind of a strange way to do that, but that's how we feel like is the best way to get people talking about it is say, Hey, like I'm part of this community where we talk about money and invite your friends. So, so once you're, once you have your glide path and you know who you are, then do you only talk with, you talk with those people? Okay, it's Polly. Like a, tell uh, her I'm a Polly. Okay. okay. <laughs> break, let's break each one down. Okay. Let's okay. go with Sarah There's first. There's a lot of them though. There's six of them. Yeah. So we've got our Emma. So here are the glide paths. So we've got Emma. She's entrepreneurial. She's motivated. She's a mentor. She's an achiever. So these are often women that have started their own business at an early age. Um, they're kind of interested in that startup type of vibe. And then we've got prims that are pivoting, resilient, investigating, motivating. These are women that have been through a lot at a fairly early age. And they just tend to have a lot of depth and wisdom and knowledge um, that some of the rest of us are, are gaining as we go along. Heidi's are highly educated, involved, dual income. So each of the names, we have these descriptive words that kind of encompass who these women are are, or, you know, maybe who we aspire to be. So she's just someone who's, who's living in a dual income family. So we're talking about issues like 
you know, how do you keep things equal in the house when you're both contributing financially? What does that look like? You know, and then if you look at Sarah, she's secure, adventurous, resourceful, athletic, that they don't all have to describe every piece of you. So sometimes people are Sarah and they're like, oh, but I'm not athletic. Well, that's okay. There's three <laughs> other words in there that given our quiz, uh, the, the logic behind the quiz, it, I think you'll find that the articles and content are fairly relevant. Um, and then we have gems who are generous, encouraging, mindful, supportive. They often, you know, like to make a beautiful home and really prepare things very finely is what, what we find. A lot of times they don't work outside the home. Sometimes they do. And then Polly's who are philanthropic, optimistic, loyal leaders. We put Yogi at the end because, I don't know, we're, we're looking for a better wife. There's, if you have a better one, then, then let us know. But just kind of that vibe of women that are thinking well beyond themselves um, and how they can contribute to the world. So, so those are our glide paths right now. And I think that there's probably more. Um, we're very committed to women in the South. So one of the pieces of feedback I got was, you know, well, what about the women who's, who their husbands don't work and they do work? That's an interesting path. I just don't have a lot of data points on that particular path like I do some of the other ones. What do you think is considered? Because if I, if I, you know, came to the wealth edit and I was like, oh, this is something I'm going to try. What's considered wealth? Like, how do I, you know, I, I make a little bit of money. I, you know, inherited some things. I mean, I'm just painting, you know, this person together. Yeah. Who, who comes to you? So it's interesting. So this is just anyone that's interested in wealth creation as an idea. So any woman that wants to know more about the idea of wealth, to talk about wealth, um, you don't have to have any money to be a member of the Wealth Edit. That's different than my private practice where you do have to have some, some money to invest. And so that's the other thing is sometimes women would come to me and they'd say, Hey, I don't have anything that's my own, but I want to know about this. Well, you know, there's a good chance one day they will have money. And so where they should go ahead and learn while they either, whether you have, or you, you don't have it, you should know about it. So I hope that. So you're saying um, also about, you've got to have money to invest. So how much money do you think you need to save up before you start investing? Yeah, what's your money? the starting point? Oh, well, with the wealth edit, you don't have to have any money to start. But what I'd say in general to a woman that was looking to invest is if you have any amount of money that you should you can invest, invest it. I mean, you can invest in places, TD, Ameritrade, Fidelity. They all have accounts that you can set up with really low minimums, $100. I think Sally Project's um, uh, you know, minimum isn't very far off of that either. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's places online you can invest tomorrow that, you know, are really good places to start. I always tell people start with just getting in the discipline of investing. So if you can save $50 a month and start that for yourself a day and a dollar in the market today is better than a dollar out of the market. Um, and last week, for example, and this is something that I recently talked about in my stories on the wealth edit is we saw in the market, the best three days that we've seen since like the 1930s last week. 
in the middle of all of this volatility that's currently been in the market. So you just don't want to miss those days. And that's why if you can get yourself on, you know, some sort of plan, it's amazing how you can accumulate wealth fairly quickly. Yeah, I think it, it just feels like a foreign language, you know, to so many women, because for whatever reason, the finance talk is a conversation left for the men. And I know. And it's, it is, it's, you know, so what's your opinion on while, while we're here and while we're in the middle of all this with the COVID um, crisis, I mean, how being shut down this long, I mean, we're in the middle of everybody's projecting a recession. What, what's your thought just from your area of expertise on what our economies can handle during this time? Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see. I just, I just read a piece for my private clients. And I'll share a little bit of that with you all today. But the way that I'm kind of telling people right now to think about the markets is it's a little bit like we're skiing. Like if you've ever been downhill skiing, when you ride the lift up, you're really not doing very much work at all. You're just kind of thinking about, okay, I know how to ski this slope. Oh, am I going to take this blue? Am I going to take this black? What about the green? I don't really feel like working that hard, whatever it is. But you're kind of just preparing for what you already know lies ahead. But all of the work in skiing is going downhill. And that's what's happening right now. So if people are investing right now, all of the skill and endurance and discipline that they've built over the last decades, some people have been investing for decades, that's where you need it right now. And so we don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, the stimulus package is huge that just came out. We don't know how it's going to sort its way through the economy. We're pretty sure unemployment numbers are going to be terrible, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. So we just don't know what's going to happen in the market tomorrow and how it's going to respond. We don't know how long COVID is going to be with us. Those are the things we don't know. But what we do know is how the market works. And so to say, like, this time would be different is a little bit, they're always a little bit different, right? I mean, this is a different type of crisis than what we dealt with in 07 or even in, you know, the tech bubble of the early 2000s. They're all a little bit different, but to say that this is working differently than how it's ever worked in the past would just be to deny the evidence of history. So I think that when I talk about discipline, it's, it's having the discipline to say, okay, this is how our markets work. So let me keep doing the, the behaviors that I know are going to help me generate wealth over my lifetime. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're right. It's a conversation that women rarely have. And it's funny. I, uh, the whole reason that I even do this is because I was, I was in DC and i um, young and fun and single. And uh, then my husband asked me to marry him and said, we're moving to Beaufort, South Carolina. And I was like, why are you moving me to a town with 12,000 people? I was so upset. And you had to, if you lived in Beaufort. So my big journalism job, I went to University of Georgia, graduated from their journalism school, had these big aspirations, had a job offer in San Francisco when he asked me to marry him. I mean, it's just <laughs> the whole thing is ridiculous. And then he moves me to Beaufort, South Carolina, where basically if you don't have, you know, an, an inheritance or a, a doctor or a lawyer, there's nothing for you to do besides being a financial advisor. Cause it's like, yeah, a bingo. <laughs> they'll take, they'll take anyone at, at the beginning. You know, they really, really will. They're like, they just throw a bunch of people up against the wall and see who sticks. 
And so I was like, well, I could probably try that. <laughs> I could probably try that. And so it turns out, I mean, that was September of 07, which was right before the last crash. Yes. And it just turned out that I was good at talking to people in general. And so it didn't really matter what the subject was. In this case, it was money. And I learned um, without any sort of financial history. And now I'm a CFP. I've, I've gotten some credentials behind my belt now. But my point in that is that women can pivot. And that's what I had to do. I mean, I was in a completely different career doing completely separate things, knew nothing about finance before I got into our industry and women can learn. And so I think that that's what I really want to encourage women on your podcast or just women in general in the South is like, you can learn this stuff. You might not want to. I mean, it wasn't my dream to be a financial advisor or definitely not to own my own firm, but now here I am, you know, 13 years later and I love it. I mean, I, I love talking to families about the wealth that they're creating, the dreams that they're creating. So there's just, I think that the point is, is that even if it does seem like a foreign language, which it definitely did to me too, when I got in this industry, you can learn it. And we're just trying to make that a little bit easier through the Wealth Edit. And so to sign up for this subscription, you yeah. visit thewealthedit.com? Yes, wealthedit.com. Take the quiz. And take the quiz. And then it flows you right into the membership application. And the reason we have an application at all is just because we want people to really think about why they want to make this commitment to themselves. We're not trying to be overly exclusive um, we are trying to get women in a framework of like, I want to know about this. This is why I want to know about it. Um, and so anyway, I just encourage people to apply. Then you'll get a link to sign up for the Wealth Edit. And, uh, and then you'll be part of our membership. We do this call called Wealth Edit Wednesdays. And so we usually talk to someone interesting. Last week, it was a friend of mine who's also a CFP who has a book called Beyond Piggy Banks and Lemonade Stands. So she talked about how to talk to kids about wealth. Um, this year we have this, or this week we have this woman, um, Sheik in Academia, who's going to talk to us. She's a scientist and she's also like a great dresser. Um, so she's going to talk to us about all that's happening with COVID and then also how she's kind of built her brand. And um, so anyway, she was on Oprah's list of Latina influencers. That's kind of awesome. So anyway, there's just, we, we try to keep it all over because we realize not all women have children, not all women are married. So we, we cover a bunch of topics that we hope are relevant overall to our membership. And then we talk to each other. So there's, there's, um, behind the membership wall, you have a screen name. So like, if you're a Polly, you might be Polly 203 and you might be Heidi 207. So you can talk to other members without having to say, I'm Lauren Pearson or whatever your name is. Because again, in the South, we just don't always like to talk about it. It doesn't always feel comfortable. Now, what's been interesting is when we talk to our members about why they joined, they said, you know, we want to talk to other women who are like us, who we value their opinions or want to hear how they think through things that are more than just like a Facebook group, a private Facebook group. You know, they want some other people that are kind of thinking like them. And that's where I said it's just a place for smart women to just talk and communicate. You can talk to only Polly's if you want, or you can talk to the larger wealth edit community. There's two boards that you can talk to. And you also get information to read, like you were mentioning earlier, you know, thing, checklist and things that we need to know about. Is that right? 
Yes. So we drop fresh content every week right now. I don't know if that will always be the case, but for now there's just so many topics and we're getting so many good ideas from our membership. So yeah, so we put you on a glide path. And what that means is it starts out with certain content and fundamentals that we think you should know. And we also have a course that you can buy separately called the financial minimalism course. We strongly encourage all of our membership to start there just to gain a consciousness around spending. We don't really want you to spend less money. That's not the point. And that's what you see a lot of is like the advertisements for women about wealth are like, save that latte or don't buy this shirt. I mean, we disagree. Like we think that you should spend your money. I mean, you work hard for it. Um, you know, spend the money, but just spend it with intention. I think a lot of times, particularly, I mean, we were just talking about this, you know, sometimes we like throw money at a problem or sometimes when we're really busy, we might say, oh my gosh, if I had this really nice car, then like maybe my kids wouldn't mess it up. Maybe we aren't (laughs) consciously thinking that, but like for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to have a nice car. I'm in it for like 20 minutes a day and the 20 minutes a day I am in it, my kids are messing it up, you know, and like mm-hmm. throwing Cheerios in the backseat. So for me, I find no joy in having a really nice vehicle. However, I think if I didn't work outside the home, like, and I was in my car all day, every day, that's basically like your house on wheels. Like that might be a reason to have a really nice car. I don't know. So, so just kind of what we're trying to do through financial minimalism is like, helping you find your financial purpose and saying, okay, these are the things I really like to spend money on. For me, it's jewelry. Like I have to look nice every day. I usually buy a piece of jewelry when it's like something special happens in my life or my husband buys one for me because he knows I love it. But you know, for me, because I have to look nice every day, that's something that just is special to me. So finding those kinds of things that, that you like. So then once you take that course, you don't have to, I mean, some people are really good at this from the beginning, but then we have curated content based on your glide path. So right now it's a little bit interesting because we're going through so many, um, things with COVID and thinking through certain problems where like every woman is kind of thinking about the same thing right now. That's unusual. So we're getting a lot of questions about medical directives, wills, what about my, my college kid? Like, can I talk to them? What if they ha- contract COVID and they're away from me? Can I talk to their doctor? These are the kinds of things that we're getting questions about right now. So a lot of the questions right now, all of the membership is getting, um, but there's also, you know, path specific articles and content um, that we put along the way. So if you follow it and it's in a path, if you follow it, we think that you'll have a lot of good knowledge to help you feel more secure on your journey to investing. So we think we, our hope at the end is that women have the confidence to just go out there and invest, whether that's on TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, Elvis, wherever else they might want to go, um, to go do the, do the investing for themselves. I like that. Me too. <laughs> Gosh. It's like a wealth of information. No pun intended. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Okay, Lauren, before you leave, we like to do a little popcorn round where we just ask you a quick question and you just fire back with the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) All right. If you're going to splurge on a vacation home, should we buy a beach house or a mountain home? Mm, Mountain home. Is that just personal preference or is there more return? Oh, no. That's just personal preference. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> even though when my husband doesn't go to the doctor, I always say to him, I'm like, should I move to Vail or Palmetto Bluff? Vail or Palmetto Bluff? This is like the conversation that we have. And then he makes his doctor's appointment. This is good. I love it. Um, okay. What's thing, What's one thing that you've purchased and you've regretted? <sighs> That's such a good question. Some of the purchases that I regret are the kids stuff that I buy on repeat because I just can't find it and I'm too tired to look. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I'm thinking about things that I've purchased, like, I don't know how many basketballs I've purchased, but it's been like a hundred basketballs. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just, I mean, I know that's not an actual thing, but it's like the repeat buys of things with kids because I'm too tired to actually find the thing that we already own. I do that. Yeah, I do that too. All right, give us two buzzwords that we need to know and educate ourselves on so yeah. that we sound we sound fancy yes. and, and mm. very highly educated mm. in the finance world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean one would be like return on investment. So mm. what is your how's your ROI? <laughs> yeah, what's your return on investment? So, you know, what are you expecting to achieve from this this investment that you have? Um I like that, I like I that too. <laughs> Next time we're like drinking some wine, Courtney, we'll talk about a return on investment. And return on investment. And then um, right now, if someone says they're going to go to cash, you can say, what's your buyback discipline? So in other words, like if they're going to get out of the market, then like how are they going to get back in? So buyback discipline is another. Okay, that's good because you do hear that a lot right now. Everybody's cashing yeah, like, out. I'm going to gold. I'm going to get a cash. Okay, what's your buyback discipline? Ooh. That just means when are you going to get back in? Okay. What's your general opinion of burying gold or silver bars <laughs> in your backyard? I cannot get behind that as yeah. an idea. <laughs> Good, because some people are like, you know, along with the paper towels and toilet paper, they're they're hoarding these gold and silver bars. <laughs> I mean, that is something. While I can't give personalized financial advice on the internet, I just that's that's a hard one to academically justify. Now, I did read uh, the other day that people are not only hoarding um, toilet paper, but chicks. So all the chicks that people buy around Easter, those are all gone. And now that's we true. Did that. We did that. You we did? We like five chicks. Isn't that hilarious? We have chickens. And we, I was like, as soon as I heard we were going to be quarantined, I'm like, you know what? Our flock got a little thin last year. We're going to go buy some more chicks. And our kids do that. But I was like, I didn't realize I was so, you know, in the majority on going out buying chickens. Uh-huh. My brother and his wife, same thing. They just went and bought four chicks. And they were like, they were so hard to get. But they have chickens. They live on a farm. Oh, gosh. They do. All right. You mentioned that you love jewelry. So if you're going to splurge on a jewelry piece, is it going to be diamonds or pearls? Oh, it's going to be, you know, I really like these Marla Aaron locks. This mm-hmm. is like my thing that right. I love. Um, so you can like get a bunch of them and lock them all on together. And there's like a hundred different ways. She can also um, update your pearls. So like to put her little end pieces on there. So I guess I'd have to go with pearls. Mm, that's pretty. Isn't there a Prince song? Time is so Okay, so best place to splurge. We're still on splurging. Nobody's saving around here. Um, <laughs> shoes or a handbag? I really like handbags. Yeah. I'm pretty rough on shoes. Yeah. So that's that's why I choose that. I, think. I would too. What would you? What would you? I would splurge on shoes. You would? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's surprising. I love shoes. Yeah. They're uh, so. They're so pretty. They are. They're so pretty. 
I keep a bag for a long time though. Like I get loyal to it and I love it and I use it. Yeah. That's my bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're going to splurge on something for yourself, a beauty product, would it be makeup, face product, or would it be something maybe hair related? Oh, I am the queen of putting like all the things on my face. I don't mm-hmm. even care what it is. Like whatever the product, I'll put it on my face. So There's Courtney. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite product? Uh, right now. Okay. So I really like this, this, I think it's called mist congeniality face, like rose face spray. I put that on my face like three times a day right now. It's Ooh, just this just like, freshen it up. lightly like roses and it makes me feel like I'm hydrating my face. Oh, we all need that being stuck inside. <laughs> it really does make a big difference. Okay, so let's talk about Birmingham a minute. Um, what's one of your favorite spots in Birmingham? You know, we've had a lot of Birmingham guests on our podcast that we love our Birmingham people. Um, yep. What's one of your favorite places in Birmingham? Uh, just to go and, like, eat or just be? Well, we're, we'll talk about places to eat after COVID. Where's the first place you're going to go? But, yeah, like, just one of your favorite spots, somewhere to hang out or... Whatever. We really like to walk around the botanical gardens. So that's just kind of our things. I like to fancy myself as a gardener. I'm not, but I would love to be in my next life. Um, so I really love to just walk around there and see what's popping up. I love it. I wish we had something like that. Mm-hmm. It's right. really cool. After we are released from our homes, where are you headed to eat in Birmingham? <laughs> okay. So we're pretty lucky because a lot of our restaurants are still open. So... Some of my favorite hotspots are like automatic seafood is so awesome and that we can still get takeout, which I'm really grateful for. Um, same with greenhouse salads. That's another good place. But I will head straight back to Fon Fon because it's just my favorite place on earth. Okay. Well, we have been so enjoyed doing this talk with you and learning more about wealth and women. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty inspired. I'm ready to like, get my finances in order. <laughs> I got some time on my hands. Watch out, Brock. <laughs> yeah. She's getting her finances in order. <laughs> well, good. I hope so. I'm really glad to be here. I'm honored to be a part. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. All right. I don't even know, Sarah, um, what day are we on of this thing? I mean, what week? Where Where are we in the quarantine scheme of things? I have no idea. I think it's best we don't know, honestly. Just take it minute by minute. Day by day, get us to four o'clock, you know, yeah, and yeah. get everybody to bed and do it again the next day. I know. I really didn't even know the date. I was like, what is the date? It's We're in April, I believe. You know, I mean, that's how I feel. Dates are hard to keep up with these days. You know? <laughs> yeah, which I think is a blessing. You know, I really have heard from, you know, checking in with friends and different things, which has been fun. Like, everybody's really enjoying the slowness of this. You know, just life mm. slowing down. Yeah. I do love not having after school activities. Yes. Because that's my biggest stressor during the week was, you know, working and then running everybody everywhere. And then what are we going to do for dinner and get that done so we can get homework done and get to bed and then woof, so we can do it again the next day. Do you think so, people will evaluate like, you know, I mean, we've gone from one extreme to the other, like being literally like Uber drivers for our kids in the afternoons to... I mean, you can't even go to the grocery store at this point without, like, a mask and almost like an emergency run. Do you think people will evaluate, like, what we're spending our time going and doing, or you think it'll slowly creep back to what it was? I, I'm sad to say I think it's going to creep back. Yeah, I know. You know, but, I mean, hopefully this has made us a little more aware of the 
the amount of time that we do not spend with our families, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I have had a few sweet moments of with actually sitting there and thinking like, wow, I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. This moment with my kids. Yeah. But then they all get up and they wake up. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> then they're awake and they start talking and I'm like, we got to get them back in school. And then they're hungry and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I have, I've had a few moments of just like things slowed down. And I'm actually like sitting there and you know, at first when this started too, I found myself on my phone a lot, like scrolling through Instagram and just kind of like, oh my gosh. But now I, my phone's inside, I'm outside playing, I'm going on walks. And um, so I feel like for me, I've kind of disconnected a little bit, which is yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I think at first we were probably all in the same space about, you know, ne- needing that information, which I mean, Facebook and Instagram was probably our source of information because who's going to sit in front of CNN all day? I mean, mm-hmm. right. Um, but yet now that it's just like, okay, here's, here's the gist. It's bad. Stay home and maybe it'll get better. I mean, that's kind of like at this point, what else do you need to know? You know? Right. Yeah. And you don't want to sit there and listen to all the doom and gloom and see all no. that. And just see the statistics and everything like, you know, rising, you know? Oh, yeah. No one needs to see that. <laughs> I know. Um, but no, my kids are really, uh, they, they don't know what day it is. But they get up and they're like, oh, what do I got to do? And I'm like, it's Saturday, Sunday, you know. <laughs> and I've loved like, yeah, no we've done Sunday. online church, which I love being yes. able to do that. Sitting on the back porch watching. We, um, we've been watching um, the church that we used to go to in Franklin, which I loved. And I miss. We've been able to watch them the past few weeks and just, you know. It's it's neat. I mean, you know, to flip around and see. You're like, oh, maybe I'll be Episcopalian today. Oh, I think I'll be, you know, Methodist. I definitely feel like a Methodist today. Flip over to their church, you know. Yes, yes. Oh, wait. Well, what are you spending your money on these days now that you're at quarantine? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing. really. I mean... I mean, I've ordered a few things off Amazon just to keep the kids kind of busy. You know, my sister was with us for a little while, and um, she has been teaching them all this stuff about art because she's an artist, and um, I ordered them a watercolor paint set, which I found on Erica Powell, actually, her list of, like, things that she loves um, that she buys for her kids. So I bought, and which I've always wanted a watercolor paint set. That's the thing. I feel like that this craziness has provided us time to do things like that you know and um um so uh, yeah just like a few things like that but that's kind of it I mean I have ordered a couple of puzzles to have at home because we never do puzzles and so that's kind of fun and different but really I mean not a lot of anything honestly because yeah same Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's crazy though. I've heard so many people go, I'm saving so much money, you know, and you like we talked about last week, we want to support our, you know, their businesses and local stuff like that. Of course, that's not changing as far as going out to eat. But, you know, we're in when you're at Target, I mean, how much money do you spend at Target on average? You love Target. I love Target, yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean I, you know, you can't get in there without spending over a hundred dollars on anything. Right. You know. Um but I don't go crazy in Target. But now, I mean, I haven't been to Target. <laughs> you know, my girls asked me about going to Target the other day. They wanted to make a Target run. What'd they say? Uh, Millie was like, hey, Mom, can we take a break and do a Target run? 
And I was like, a Target run, you know? And Taylor Meg chimes in. She's like, oh, yeah, we need some clothes. And, and really, they do need some good play clothes, like Target play clothes. Yeah. We do now. We're outside. Yeah. Um, and then she said something about, like, it is so hot, you know? And it's always so nice and cold in Target. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to Target, okay? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're like, if you have to go to Target, we have to sanitize everything. Can you imagine kids in a store right now touching everything and... I mean, it'd be like a nervous uh, wreck. Uh-uh. Everything going in your cart. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Out of control. Mm-mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of funny to talk about money right now, but it's we have to be thinking about it. You know, we're now that we're responsible adults. I didn't always feel that way about money. Okay, let me ask you this: Growing up, did you know a lot about money, like in your house? I don't. No, I really didn't, and. I mean, sad to say, I feel like when I did ask about money, more when I was older, like college age, you know, talking about getting jobs and what I was going to do and how I was going to make money and all this. I mean, this is kind of embarrassing to say, but my dad was always like, honey, don't you worry about a thing. Daddy is going to be taking care of you no matter what. So you just, that was like your, your, like your security blanket. Yeah. Security. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you get out of school and you're like, what an, you know, why would he do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I have three girls of my own. And part of it, I think, was good. Like, I never felt like I had to go out and find some rich man or something, you know, because. I know that's right. I got my daddy. Yeah. You know. And so with girls, I kind of want them to have that same feeling like there's no need to find a man. You know, if, if I want to do this, follow my heart and, you know, be a starving artist and sing in L.A., maybe I'll do that and my parents will take care of me. <laughs> but at the same time, you also want them to, you know, have that sense of like, go get them. You got to save your money, be smart with your money, invest your money and all of that. So, yeah. we're, I mean, we do. Well, I didn't, well, I mean, I didn't know growing up. I mean, I knew that we were okay, but I didn't know like how much we made, how much we had. I just didn't know that. And I, I want to figure out, I mean, like what Lauren said is figuring out how to talk about money to your kids in a responsible way. Like something that doesn't make them panic to say we can't afford that or something that doesn't make them think well, I can do whatever I want. You know, mm-hmm. I have this never ending fund of mom and dad or, you know, whoever, and Carol or whoever that's going to take care of me. You know, my dad, when I was 18 for my 18th birthday, I could taste independence when I was graduating. I think that's why I went to Mississippi State by myself. I didn't know anybody. I moved to Nashville by myself. I just needed, like, to spread my wings. And Mm -hmm. I remember for my 18th birthday, I wanted, like, I said, don't get me anything. I just want stock. I just want, like, to like penny stock. So my parents gave me a hundred dollars worth of penny stock for my 18th birthday for me to manage myself. And like, I would watch it and I was just, he, he was teaching me, you know, how to do everything. But I mean, yeah. I just had this real taste for like, I want to make my own money, do my own thing, save whatever. I mean, you know, buy my first car by myself, you know, that whole thing. And, or not my first car, my first adult car, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, when the Altima puttered out, I needed something new. <laughs> um, so getting that job and starting that budget and, you know, I mean, spending in my 20s was totally different than like now, you know, obviously. Oh, for sure. Did, Did you, you spend a lot in your 20s? My tw- Okay, 20s, let's see. 20, I moved to Nashville. I was 
had an apartment. So I was doing stuff in my 20s. Like I did, I did buy a sofa for my house. Um, I, but it was like, I got a great deal. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I knew at that point, this first time I'd made a budget though, really, I knew that it was going to cost X amount of dollars to pay bills that I needed to pay and live in this apartment. So I needed a job that paid this amount. And so, no, I kind of saved. I mean, I, I kind I was pretty, I mean, I, I did things I wanted to do like with friends, but I didn't just buy when I probably should have. I was the same way in my 20s. I was the exact same. I saved. I knew exactly what I needed to live on, yeah. how much I could save a month. And I, maybe it's just because we were so excited to be making money and having bills to pay and being independent, like you're saying. But I wish I could go back and talk to myself in my 20s and be like, girl, buy the bag. <laughs> Tell me why, what? Well, I just think, you know, that's the only time in your life you see a cute little clutch and you're like, I'll take it and be done. You don't have to think about it. Now, it's like, well, can I fit snacks in that clutch? You know, is it <laughs> can I cl- take that cl- clutch to three things so I can have it paid for? <laughs> three different things. <laughs> I know. Like, you're on your couch, and now you see a pretty couch, and like, oh, it's just not going to hold up with juice boxes. So, no. yeah, it's not going to work. Right. You know, so I feel like that's the only time when you can really, well, not only time, a lot of people did have children in their 20s. I did not, but. That was the time for me when I didn't have children. It was just me on my own, and I should have bought the bags and the shoes and the, taken the trips because I didn't have anybody to worry about. It. I didn't have kids to be like, well, I don't know if I can go away for two weeks like that. Totally. Jason and I did take a trip before we had kids. We He was, you know, I mean, I was a breadwinner because I had, I had this job. He was in residency. I mean, you know, you just living on love and loans at that point, you know, <laughs> and um, when he finished residency, we took, I mean, when I tell you we did it on the cheap, 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 we went to Italy and backpacked and did the whole thing, like stayed in Airbnbs, and I'm so glad we did that, you know, because we hadn't mm-hmm. gone back since, because now we have all these well, skills. And I mean, no offense, but I don't think you could handle going on the cheap and cheap to Italy anymore. <laughs> Be <laughs> what you trying to say, Sarah? What you trying to say? My standards are different? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. Um, we did it safely and we did it was awesome. Um, but yeah, we we did it, you know, we like I said, we backpacked and we hopped on trains and it was fun. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, I guess we do require more the older that we get. What about your thirties? Kids stuff. 30s? I think I spent, I mean, I was spending more money then, um, like kid stuff though. I was yeah. like, I could justify buying crazy things because Taylor May was so cute and she needed these cute little things mm-hmm. and these cute outfits. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think when I started kind of sacrificing more for myself, you know, like, Oh, I don't need that. Cause I've just spent whatever on something crazy amount at some, you know, Hannah Kate show yeah. <laughs> on bubbles and stuff. Yeah. And kind of, you kind of feel like you have to at that point to buy all your friends clothes from your friends all its parties and stuff. Yes, and it was so cute. That's true. Stella, all of our kids were having like, clothing shows. Yes, Stella, I'm like, whatever, you're good, girl. <laughs> Honey, she's got two sisters worth of hand-me-downs. She should be yes, fine. She does. She does. Um, yeah, thirties is when like the house came. I feel like. Yeah. And, you know, you needed a bigger car because now you have children that require more things of you. Um, yeah, yeah, 30s spending looks different. But yeah. now, what do you think about now? 
40s. Well, now I'm spending, I feel like I spend probably more, but I buy less. So like I want to buy the nicer, like skincare. I'm buying skincare stuff that I never would have, I never did that, any of that in my 30s. No. I've also got to buy my grandma over here, like the orthopedic shoes. I'm spending a fortune on orthopedic flip-flops. Yeah. I mean, really? That's what's happening. My mom would always say, the the bigger the kid, the bigger the problem, and the bigger the price tag, you know? And, because yeah. you know, you think you're in the weeds, like, when they're 4 and 5, and it's like, oh, no, you wait till they're 10 and 11, and then you wait till they're 16 and 17, you know? Uh, and it is. I mean, now it's like, you know, shoes for athletics, and, you know, you got to have a certain kind of bat, and you need the, you know? <laughs> so there's that, too, coupled with, like, what you want to spend for yourself. But I will say, I feel like we've transitioned out of that big chunk of money that went to like baby spending, you know? Cause I mean, babies were expensive. I mean, think about formula and diapers and you, I just felt like I was hemorrhaging money mm-hmm. in my thirties, you know? Yeah. And forties, mm-hmm. it's like you said, you spend more, but buy less. I, I completely agree with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there what about anything? groceries? Do you go and spend a lot at grocery stores? Or are you good about that? I don't know. I mean, we, we, I mean, not really. I have a pantry full of stuff, but it's yeah. stuff that, you know, my kids don't eat a lot. So it's, I get by them pretty cheaply on groceries. Yeah. Well, I know a girl and she like does the couponing and she does the meal. She plans out the meals and she can feed her family for like two weeks for like 150 bucks. Three kids. Well, that's amazing. That is amazing. It get, makes me sweat just thinking about it, though. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do, do you do the digital coupons on your Kroger card? Yes. Yes, yeah. me too. And I, that's, I, feel, I feel so like, domestic I, when I do that. Yes. They're like, do you have coupons? That? And I'm like, yes, digitally. And then and I punch my little thing in, and it, like, I, you can see it on the screen. And I feel like, oh, gosh, I'm just <laughs> saving money. Saving money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Saving money to buy those orthopedic shoes. I know, or whatever else. Um, right now, it's like spending at the liquor store. and <laughs> Right. So what, What? I thought some of the questions that we asked Lauren was so were so funny. Like, um, do, you ha- do you have a purchase that you regret or anything that we ask her? I mean, not, not really. Yeah. I can't think of anything. You regret anything. not buying in your 20s. I regret not buying things. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember when we, you know, you you make that payment, you get that. When I bought the car that I bought, okay, um, my payment was like $188.96. And, of course, then like two years later, Jason and I get married and, you know, whatever. And so I have the car all the way through till it was time to buy the next car. And so I had like $400 left on this payment. Now this, I was still working. I'm still making the payment myself, you know. And um, Jason came in. He was like, hey, I remember him coming in one day and him going, hey, you've got about $400 left on your car. I'm just going to write a check and pay it off. I got so mad at that. I was so offended, Sarah. I was like, oh, I don't think so. You're not going to scroll in here. I've been making a payments $188 a month for the past four years. You're not going to scroll in here with your fancy checkbook and stroke a check. I mean, he was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to pay those last two payments because I want to own this car. And he was like, yeah. okay, 
Beyonce, Miss Independent. But I, I, that's how I felt about it, you know? And I think it was from, like I said, that thirst of, like, independence, wanting to have something that was mine, wanting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever bought anything that you regret? Regret? Um, I mean, yeah, I've had buyer's remorse about stuff, you know, like I shouldn't have spent that on that. Or like I took something to the cash register, thought it was like, I don't know, $55 and it was $155 and then been like, um, but no, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty self-conscious about what I spend. Now the difference now is like you said, it's like quality over quantity, you know, like I want to get the right thing now, but but no, I mean, just like little things, buyer's remorse, but not a huge regret purchase. What about Jason? Do you have think, because say, I don't have any purchases that I think are bad, but I can name off like a list of things that I'm like, why would he buy that? Why did he spend money on that? <laughs> like what? Well, I, for example, I'm just thinking of things off the top of my head. And when we moved into this house, we had this space in the garage. and I was like, I really want to put shelves here. So for Christmas, I gave him a gift card to Home Depot. And I was like, Merry Christmas. This is to go buy shelves to organize and like take all your stuff and find a place for it. You know, <laughs> so he comes home and he's taken all that money and he has bought a what I call like a toolbox that's taller than I am. It's drawers. It's like a place. It's like more stuff uh-huh. it plugs in. It's amazing. But like it didn't help. It didn't help. It wasn't what I wanted him to buy. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That's the, What's funny about that is you're like, here's a gift card for you to go buy what I want. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Instead of what you but, want. I mean, you know, every time I pull in my garage, I see that thing. And I'm like, oh, God. Yes. Yes. I, there are things like that. Jason comes home with stuff all the time that, but again, I don't know, you know, like a hunting person, like a, in the hunting world, I don't really know what's necessary and what's not. It's kind of one of those things like you don't talk about my purchases and I won't talk about yours. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's kind of like our unspoken agreement. But I will say, you know, he has uh, people all the time that in his clinic and stuff that will say, hey, I got this, you know, four-wheeler for this and this and whatever, and they trade and barter and, you know, it's, it's old school over there. And so he comes home with stuff sometimes that I'm just like, now what are we, what do you plan on using that for? But I typically right. don't say it, you know? Yeah, keep it to yourself because yeah. you know you've got packages on the front door. Just bury it down deep. <laughs> just bury it down deep, hide the packages. That's right. Well, I do feel like this is going to be good for me taking this course with the Wealth Edit because I need, I, well, I just need some knowledge and kind of like what I need to be doing and a place to talk about it. Like she was saying, we all need this place to talk about money because it does still have that stigma. Like you and I aren't sitting around chit-chatting about 401ks and stuff. No, but I mean, I think part of being a modern woman and a modern mom is having some knowledge about where things are going and what they're doing and having a hand on and a hand in what is happening in your household too, you know? That's right. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's part of being savvy, like world savvy. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening today and till the next time. Bye-bye.